Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the first episode. Well, the teaser of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia. I just wanted to come and give you guys just a little introduction about about myself and why I started the podcast and what the name means. So Fireflies Unite, what that means is simply just like the insect, the or as most of us say, the lightning bugs, but fireflies, they come out at night and they create a really beautiful light. And a lot of times when we are struggling emotionally or we're struggling with the mental illness, we often isolate ourselves and we're left in a place of darkness because we don't talk about it. We don't think that people will understand us. But by talking about something, you bring light to it. But we're having a conversation together. So we're uniting. And that's what really the meaning is behind Fireflies Unite. I can't take all the credit for it because my cousin slash business coach, Delisa, helped me come up with the concept because I really wanted something that would speak to people who felt like they were often by themselves and no one understood them. I think for me... It resonated the most because I battle with major depression and generalized anxiety disorders. And a lot of times people, they really didn't understand me, or at least I didn't think they did. They associated me with my accomplishment. Oh, Kia, she went to Howard. Oh, she went to Georgetown to get her master's or with my career that I've had with the entertainment and I've been blessed to work with some really big celebrities. And so they were looking at me from the exterior and assuming that just because I had all these accolades, I seemed happy. I had all these accomplishments that I wasn't, that I wasn't hurting inside. And I think that's the biggest misconception about mental illness. We don't really think that anything is wrong. I was told so many different things and I was so hurt by it. Like, oh, you just need to pray about it. You'll be fine. And so when I was diagnosed, I felt so many different things. Like I was like, what is major depression? What is generalized anxiety disorders? Like, what does that even mean? I thought depression was just another name for being sad. I didn't realize that there was a difference And sadness is certainly a normal emotion that we all experience, but depression is a mental illness that really needs treatment. And then I really started to take this time to figure out what I needed to do to get better. But even though I wanted to get better, I don't think that I was truly in a place mentally to get better because I didn't fully understand what it meant. And so basically what happened was one morning I got up and I felt like I had, I 
felt like I had a ton of bricks laying on top of my body. I basically felt paralyzed, like I could not move from my bed. I remember texting my friends or a few of my friends and telling them that I didn't feel well. I remember I wasn't eating for a couple days. I wasn't showering. Um, I just really didn't understand what was going on. My body was aching. I was like, what in the world is going on? And I didn't actually think that I was depressed. I just thought maybe I was just really tired. And so I made an appointment with a therapist and I was diagnosed with major depression and generalized anxiety disorders. Um, I got to the point where I would have anxiety attacks and it would feel like I was having a heart attack. And so I think with depression, a lot of times we think that it's all, it's always associated with something like I'm depressed because someone passed away. I'm depressed because I lost my job. I'm depressed because of this. And while life events such as those, they can definitely trigger someone to go into depression. But people must also understand that depression does not need something to happen for it to trigger. It's the genetic, it's also the genetic makeup of your brain. So if you have a parent who has who has depression or a mental illness, of course, you could definitely wind up, you know, having one as well. And so in my case, that's certainly what it was. There was definitely life events going on. Um but I can think back to the time, maybe being, I could say about 13 or 14 when I first felt suicidal. That was like the first time, but I didn't even know at that time what suicide meant. I just knew that I wanted to harm myself and I knew that I didn't want to be alive. And that was probably the first time it happened. But then after that, Probably throughout high school, it would like come and go, come and go. It, would, it was kind of like in waves. In college, it came and it went and it came and it went. Those suicidal thoughts, they went just back and forth. But I just kind of ignored it and suppressed it because, I mean, I thought, hey, a lot of people get these thoughts. But just because a lot of people have those thoughts doesn't mean that it's normal and it requires treatment. But I didn't realize that because... Nobody talked about mental health or mental illness growing up. And so finally, I got to the point where after I got up that morning and I went to the therapist, I remember going back home and sleeping for probably like 15 or 16 hours. And I just wouldn't leave the house. And then I would go to work come back home, go to sleep. I was late to work every single day, always getting in trouble all the time. My boss would call me in the office like, why are you late? And I just said, oh, I had some health stuff going on, but I really, I didn't think I wanted to accept what, what, what I was dealing with. And eventually I quit my job. But for those few months, I literally thought about death every single day, all day. It was like, I could not get it off my mind. I could not get it off my mind, no matter what I did. I could have been driving in the car. I would think, oh, if I just drive my car, maybe if I just run it off the side of the road, then it'll look like, you know, an accident happened. 
I thought of so many scenarios. And then it got to the point, like I said, for eight months straight, I just constantly thought about it. And then one day, I had a bottle of wine and some pills, and I took it, and I... And I just thought that I wouldn't get up. And I text my friend. I'm sorry. I text my friend and told her what I did. And I said, by the time y'all probably find me, I won't be here. I already had started drafting a suicide letter to my siblings and apologizing for what I had done. But I just was in so much pain and I didn't I didn't want to live anymore. I was like, this is not how someone should have to live their life in so much pain. Physical pain with all these body aches, emotional pain, your heart's aching, always feeling tired, not wanting to be around anybody, um, feeling judged because I was definitely a part of, you know, the black church, the Christian community. And I was told to talk in tongues for 20 minutes every day and that it would go away. I was like, I don't even know how to talk in tongues. So how the heck am I going to do something that I don't know how to do? So I was like, well, does that mean that my depression is not going to be healed or my anxiety is not going to be healed because they're telling me to do this, but I don't really know how to do this. So that was a big one for me, I think, because the the community that I went to first was the community that had no idea or no knowledge of what mental illness was because at least with my experience I only can speak from the experience of black church in the black church if you pray and it doesn't happen right away of course you know God has a plan for all of us but if it doesn't happen right away they say oh you just need to wait a little while longer you need to wait a little while longer but then I thought God also gave gave us resources. If I fall down the stairs and break my leg, you're not, you yeah, you may tell me to pray about it. Yeah, of course you will. But what you're also going to say is, oh, you probably should go to the hospital or the doctor because you need an x-ray and you need a cast. Or if I say I'm nauseous, so I don't feel well, you say, oh, you probably should go to the doctor. You know, you probably need some medicine. But when somebody is sick in their mind or they say they're hurting emotionally, oh, pray about it. It's a double standard and it's something that I couldn't get with. It was something that I was so frustrated about. And I was like, I don't understand why we have this double standard. And then that's when I realized, oh, we're just not educated when it comes to mental illness. And so that's really why I started this podcast, because I was like, we have to talk about it. There are so many people that are hurting. There are so many people feeling like, oh, if I go to therapy, I'm going to be labeled as crazy. And I used to think that too. But then it got to the point where, yes, I tried to commit suicide. And then from there, I found the police breaking down my door to bring me to the hospital. Because I was a threat to myself and I was forced out of my home into the hospital. 
I would never wish that. I would never wish any of that of my experience onto my worst enemy. I I think the biggest thing for me is I really just want people of color to start talking about it. Communities of color to start talking about it. If you are hurting, tell somebody that you trust. And if you don't have anyone that you can trust, make an appointment with a therapist because, or the psychiatrist or your doctor. Make an appointment with someone who can help you if you feel as though you don't have anybody you can go to. And I really hope that with this podcast, it will really help to push the conversation about mental health because I've that I've discovered a lot of amazing podcasts on mental health. So many amazing podcasts on mental health. And they talk about black mental health as, you know, black mental health. But what I haven't discovered is a podcast that speaks from the perspective of the person living with the mental illness. You know, a therapist can talk about it. If they, you know, from the perspective of treating their their clients, but if they never dealt with it, they can't speak in from the perspective of actually dealing with it on a daily basis and what what it's like from the from the personal from a personal perspective. And so that's why I wanted to start this podcast. So people who have bipolar disorder, people who are schizophrenic. You know, people who have borderline personality disorder, you know, people who hear voices that they can start to tell their own stories from their perspective, not from the perspective of a mental health professional. And while I all think that it's great that the message is being pushed out there, because like I said, a lot of people are talking about it. I, I think millennials, you know, people my age we're really pushing this conversation forward. We're making sure that we're not going to be like our parents, our grandparents and previous generations who just swept everything under the rug and just said, oh, just pray about it. Or what happens in this house stays in this house. You know, you don't need everybody all in your business, all of that stuff. So we sweep all these childhood traumas, you know, from sexual abuse to emotional abuse, all that stuff, we just sweep it under the rug. And then you wonder why when you become an adult, you have all of these issues because they were never dealt with. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. I had so much hurt. One of the things that I've experienced as a kid is I've watched my mom be verbally and physically abused ever since I was like 11 or 12. And I carried that weight from middle school all the way up until probably about almost two years ago because my mom never left the guy. She was still with him. And even after I left from college, I still held on to that because I was so upset, you know, that my mom didn't leave him. I also didn't understand why she would, you know, have me in a toxic environment like that with my siblings. And then my dad was, a, you know, abused drugs. So I carried all of that. I used to have a fear that I'm going to come home one day and I'm going to find my mom dead. Or I used to have a fear that one day I'm going to get a call that my father is going to overdose. So I didn't realize that until therapy that the reason why 
I developed this anxiety disorder is because my environment as a kid, not all the time, but it got to the point where my environment as a child was very, very unpredictable. I never knew what I was going to get when I was, I mean, unpredictable. I never knew what I was going to get when I went home. And so, yeah, it would create a lot of worry and basically feeling like I'm always on edge. Like I was literally always on 100. I was always worrying and stressing over every single thing. I thought that was just normal. I was like, yeah, everybody get anxious. Yeah, everyone does get anxious. But it's it's in a disorder when it prevents you from living your life. When you can't concentrate, when you can't function, when it stops you from doing daily tasks, that's when you most likely want to look into getting treatment or and just simply seeing what's wrong with you. So, yeah, it would stop me from getting things done because I was always so worked up. I was always on edge and I literally did not know what it felt like not to be on edge all of the time until I. Um, was given medicine by my psychiatrist for anxiety. And when I took the medicine a couple hours later, I was like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be like, to have your nerves calm. I never knew what it was like to kind of just be mellow and and chill out because I was always worked up all the time. I could probably think back to at least probably when I was like 11 or 12, I was always worked up. But of course, if that was my norm and I didn't know anything else, of course, I didn't know that there was an issue. I didn't know that there was an issue until I until I wasn't able to get out of the bed because I was because um, I felt sick. I didn't know there was an issue until I started having anxiety attacks. But we shouldn't wait until it gets to that point. When we start noticing little signs like you're losing interest in the things that you used to enjoy you're experiencing body aches, you're isolating from people, you're sleeping too much or not sleeping at all, you're gaining weight rapidly or losing weight rapidly. When you notice, start noticing those changes in your behaviors or changes in your, you know, in your, in your mind, the way that you view the world, because that's what depression really does. It changes your perception of how you view the world and how you view yourself. And it gets you to a point where you actually start feeling hopeless. And even just with depression, a lot of times people lump all depression together, but it looks different on every single person. No one person experiences depression the same. And there are also different types of depression. You know, it could be mild to moderate to severe depression, but no matter how mild or severe it is, a person should always seek treatment. And That's what I really want people to start doing is get the help that they need. There's no shame in getting help. We have to break that stigma. And so I really hope that you guys just enjoy, you know, enjoy this journey with me, you know, as I really push fireflies into the universe and encouraging people to share their stories and I'll be bringing mental health professionals on here as well to talk about, you know, their experience of treating patients as well as, you know, because while it's great to share our stories, we also need the professionals who can help us with getting the resources that we need. So 
with the show, we'll also have a mind, body, and soulness segment. And that will be the segment where we'll offer advice on how to manage your mental health. We'll also have the Black Therapist shout out where, we, where you get to shout out your therapist and you just simply send in their name and their website and where they are located. And we get to shout out our Black Therapist for, for every week. Um, and then we'll have the um, journal entry segment. And the journal entry segment, you'll get to write in about anything you want to write about. You can write about anything. Childhood trauma, you can write about relationships, you can write about, you know, if you need tips on how to, or advice on how to go about something. Um, If you're afraid, no topic is off limit. You can simply write about anything. And if I don't have the suggestion, you best believe that I will point you in the right direction or I'll simply have a mental health professional address it if it's out of the scope of what I know from what I've done in my research and from my personal experience. Because there is no one size fit all. Uh, you know, when it comes to mental health and mental illness, it's per person because everyone processes differently. Everyone reacts to things differently. But I can certainly just give you a start of where you should go, because my desire is to simply see communities of color just talking about it more so we can really just normalize this conversation. And that's really what I wanted, you know, want us to do. I want everyone to go and check out the website, Flyer. I'm sorry, not Flyer. Fire, www.fireflyersunite.com. Again, that's www.fireflyersunite.com. And be sure to add me on all of your social media. I'm on Instagram at fireflyspod. So that's fireflyspod. On Instagram, that's one. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, we also have Fireflies Pod on Facebook. And then we also have a closed group where we pretty much discuss all things mental health within communities of color. You can write your comments down or if you have um, resources that you can share with people. Feel free if you want to join the group. I'm so, so excited about starting this podcast. Like I've been talking about it for so long. And eventually, you know, I've mustered up the courage and the strength to do it. Again, please get the help you need. Thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to hear from you all. And please write in. Let me know if there's something that you want me to discuss. Let me know. Whatever I can do, if I can, whatever I can do to help you grow in your mental health and your mental wellness, I will certainly do that. I'm not a, a mental health professional. So like I said, some things may be outside of my scope of work, but I will certainly point you in the right direction to get what you need and do my very best. So thank you so much again for listening. And I look forward to releasing the first episode on January 1st. Tell all of your friends, all of your family, tweet me. I need y'all to blow up 
social media, hashtag Fireflies Unite, hashtag Fireflies Podcast, blow, blow it up because I really want to get this out there. Thank you so much for your support. And I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you guys where to send all of your segment inquiries for the Black Therapist shout out and the journal entry segment. Or if you have any questions or concerns, just send it to podcast. So that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at fireflyesunite.com. Again, that's podcast at Fire, F-I-R-E, flies, F-L-I-E-S, unite, U-N-I-T-E, dot com. Thank you. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.